The following is a paid program and is meant for educational information only and is the sole opinion of today's sponsors. A full inspection of your situation is suggested before taking any action. From home repair to remodeling, this is Making Your Home Great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great. I'm Dave Alexander. We, of course, have Bernard Mumford in today from Mumford Restoration. Good to hear from you. How are you? you? Say hey. Great. We got uh, uh, Spencer Maton of Furniture. Uh, He's he's with Bernard. And you do what for him? I typically will go out and meet with customers and consult with them about their furniture and kind of help them with the decision of if it's a piece worth restoring or replacing or answer all their questions, tell them about our product, and see if it fits their need. And Brock Emmons is our regular co-host. He's with Triangle Radiant Barrier. And, Bernard, just tell me the range of things that you restore. Well, we're working in 30 categories, so most people don't realize. You know, lamps and chandeliers and furniture and pianos and, and glass replacement. And uh, But most of what we deal with is Furniture restoration that is sentimental and yeah. and the reupholstery of furniture that has aged or you just hate the fabric. So yeah. that's a lot of what we do, but there's just a, a ton of categories we want to talk about today. All right. Sounds good. We're mm-hmm. going to jump into that, but we're going to talk with Brock for a moment because you've got an issue, Bernard, in your house. What's, what's going do. on? I've got a 1979 house, you know, with the attic. And I've been thinking about this a while. We just got a new HVAC system, which mm-hmm. has really helped. In fact, this, the cost savings uh, paid for the new system. That's but, great. But my attic, um, you know, the rafters and the roof are just create, uh, like you said, 135 degrees is what I'm often getting up there. So my HVAC is working harder. And I need some help there. I really don't know exactly what to do. Well, that, that's a pretty good question. So uh, normally when I go out and do an energy assessment at, at one of our customers' properties, one of the first word, uh, first questions that I ask them are, what are we hoping to achieve here? Um, if the homeowner says, well, I'm, I'm having issues keeping the, the home warm in the winter, I'll say, well, what about the summer? Or vice versa, we're having issues in the summer, well, what about mm-hmm. the winter? I try to track exactly which type of problem they're having because there's a lot of different insulations that, that actually go towards that issue. So yours, for example, your air handling unit and your ductwork are up in your attic. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So we've kind of talked on the show a few times before. The the two ways, primary ways to insulate your attic is either laying insulation on the floor of the attic, which is pretty standard, or insulating the rafters. They, they do different things. When you insulate the floor of your attic space, what you're doing is you're per- trying to prevent the heat in the attic from making its way into the living space. Mm-hmm. When you insulate the rafters, you are trying to prevent the heat from ever coming into the attic space to begin with. Mm -hmm. Now, I normally recommend one or the other based on their location of the air handling unit and the ductwork. If they have a pier and beam house and most of that is located underneath the house, you can pretty much insulate the floor of the attic. We don't really need to cool off the attic. Uh, If your air handling unit and your ductwork are up in the attic, it it bodes better for you to actually insulate the rafters, cool off the attic as much as possible. You feel that effect throughout the whole home, and it also helps to prolong the life expectancy of the unit itself. Well, realizing how much crap we have in the attic, I think uh, doing (laughs) the floor of the attic is totally out of the question. Uh, It's definitely going to be rafters. All right, now i got a question. (laughs) This is the intersection of both of these topics. 
you don't store furniture up there, do you? No, mostly I have boxes. And, you know, I have eight children, so there's a lot of crap in my attic. <laughs> so You would be surprised what, what all I find in, in customers' attics. Okay. Uh, the most incredible, actually, is a side story here. We yeah. did, uh, if you go to Austin, Texas, there's several different streets in downtown Austin that are, that are world famous, 6th Street being the, the big yeah. one. 5th Street, which is the next street over, mostly 200-year-old colonial homes. And we insulated several houses on that street. Well, while up in a customer's attic, this was a gentleman that was wheelchair-bound. He was a professor for the University of Texas. He rented out his upper floor to students, and he had never been in the attic of his four-story house. So when my crew got up there to insulate it, we found an old desk uh, wrapped around. It was a wraparound attic. It was in the far corner back there. And, uh, you know, I would have to defer to, to Bernard here when it comes to what type of furniture it was. But when we opened it up, there were original newspaper clippings from the mid-1800s talking about the Indian reservations. Oh, cool. And that, to me, was such a cool find. So you never know oh, what you right. will find in a customer's what, attic. Was it in decent shape? It was incredible shape. Now, a lot, of, a lot of cobwebs around it, sure. uh, and I'm, I'm sure it, it would need a little bit of restoration uh, being up there as long as it, it, it was, but it was it was an amazing desk, and when he was so thrilled when we brought it down, because you know, he, he did not know it was up there, he yeah. has no idea how long it was there. So That's a great story. You'd be surprised. Wow. Awesome. I'm, I'm stunned at that, but I'm also interested in this, what is the repair perhaps for Bernard's situation? Well, so for his situation, I would probably recommend insulating the rafters. Um, we have a few different options that we can use with that. Uh, we can either do an open cell foam or the name of our company, which is a, a high-grade reflective radiant barrier. Um, I have a tendency to lean a little more towards the radiant barriers in the attics. Uh, if you do an open cell foam, you have to apply it directly to the back of the roof deck. So mm-hmm. in the event that we have a major storm in the next few months and insurance comes out and decides to buy you a new roof. Well, anybody who's ever replaced a roof, you normally have to replace two or three pieces of 4 by 8 OSB when you yes. have the roof off. Exactly. Well, the foam goes with it. Oh, I see, because yeah. it's attached to it's the It's attached OSB. to the back of the ah. OSB. Okay. Um, I, I'm a big fan of foam in crawl spaces, mm-hmm. big fan of doing foam in exterior walls during new construction. But in an attic, I... I I think the cost-to-benefit ratio uh, leans a lot stronger towards the radiant barrier option. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to cool your attic off about 35 to 40 degrees. Mm-hmm. So, Excellent. Well, oh. we have a, a 19-year-old roof, so we're considering, you know, are we coming to the time? So we may be able to do the roof first and then get together about trying to put that radiant barrier because i guess it looks like that silvery stuff is that how the radiant barrier looks yeah most people say oh it's foil you're putting foil no it's, it's not foil uh it, it's silver but it's not it's not, it's primarily a mylar based material mylar uh, so it doesn't doesn't regenerate heat it's not going to cook your shingles which is why owens corning gaf certainty they all warranty the roofs with the radiant barrier installed okay as long as it's installed correctly Mm. Very good. So then if the radiant barrier was installed first, are you able to just re-roof the house? You are. So when yeah. when we do a retrofit an existing home, uh, what we'll do is we'll actually run the material inside the, the, the attic from truss to truss. Oh, okay. We're building about a six-inch air pocket behind the material. So, no, you could pull the entire roof off, put a new roof on. It wouldn't affect Very the good. insulation. Thanks right, for we, explaining. We've got Lenny uh, on the on the line. Lenny, where are you calling from? Holly Springs. Holly Springs. Welcome to Making Your Home Great. 
on 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. Uh, what's your uh, question? I have a uh, newer home, less than a year old, and we've got part of the house that seems abnormally cooler or warmer, depending on the season, from the other side of the house. And I'm suspecting I may not have adequate insulation on that side of the house. And I'm wondering if there's anything that could be done to test for that. And I'm sure the HVAC is okay because I'm an HVAC contractor. I didn't build the house, but I know the system is working fine. Well, it's actually exciting to hear that you're an HVAC contractor. That means you and I have a whole bunch of stuff in common. Um, You and I both know it's a combination system. You can have the best air conditioner in the world. If you don't have adequate insulation, it's just not going to do what you're hoping for, and vice versa. Uh, I can do excellent insulation, but if you don't have a good air conditioning unit, it's just not going to give you the impact you're looking for. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you What type of house is it? Is it a standard ranch, two-story home? It's a two-story home. Master bedroom's on the first floor, and that's my area of concern is that whole side of the house. Um, it, it, it's colder in the winter and warmer in the summer, and I have plenty of airflow. I had, I had them put a special return air into that side of the house for this purpose. And I, I just don't get the same temperature there I get in the rest of the house. And the thermostat's on the other side of the house. It's mm-hmm. in the common area, but the master bedroom gets warmer and colder than needed. So I'm Do, thinking it's an insulation problem. It could be. Do you have a room above your bedroom, or is there attic space? Um, part of it has the second floor above it, and the large part where the bed is, there's a roof above it. Okay. So there, there's a couple of different, and then how many attic entrances do you have? Nothing at this point. You have no access to get into your attic? Not above the master bedroom. Hmm. Do you have a vaulted ceiling in the master bedroom? It's a tray ceiling, it's and a tray. they have a, a regular V roof over the top of it. Okay. But it's more just for aesthetics from the outside of the home. Right. So I don't have an access to get in there, and instead of, you know, hacking apart some walls in a brand new home to see if there's insulation in there. I was wondering if there's any other ways to tell. There's there's a couple. Uh, what I would recommend, uh, we, we do free energy assessments, so we can actually come out to the house, walk through oh. the attic, uh, uh, use thermal equipment, uh, all the way even to a negative pressure door test. Uh, there, there's not a charge for any of that with the exception of the negative pressure door test. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you'd like us to come out and get up into the attic and try to point you in the right direction of what uh, changes can be made to help the overall efficiency, uh, we would be more than happy to do that at no charge, obviously. Uh, you can reach well, out to wonderful. us. Uh, absolutely. You can reach out to us at triangleradiantbarrier.com. All righty. Thank you for the call. I'll do that. Thank you. What was your name, sir? My name is Brock Emmons, and I'll probably be the guy coming out and taking a look at it for you. All right, Brock. I look forward to meeting you. Thank absolutely. You. All right. Take care. Thank you, Lenny. Telephone number here is 919-860-9783. We can, we can broaden it out into so many topics at this point. Brock has got a long history with home construction and repair. And in studio also, Bernard Mumford of Mumford Restoration, Spencer Mayton, who is, uh, works in the furniture restoration area. What's an interesting project, Bernard, that you've done lately? Well, I was just telling the guys earlier that uh, we restored a 1907 Franklin vehicle, which was uh, a wow. really cool project. Uh, an attorney, local attorney in, in Raleigh, 
uh, brought us this car and all the parts, all the brass, all the leather, mm-hmm. all, yeah. the, all the um, wood parts, and we restored the whole car. And then we're currently working on a brass railing right now, which is uh, in the Mingy's house in Greenville, North Carolina. And, how, and it's are, the Mingy's is it in the Is it in the house it now? It's, uh, it's about on? 100 feet long or so. Oh. You know, it's a very curved brass railing, has impeccably built uh, brass pieces. It has very curly Q railings, and uh, yeah. Cass, one of our staff, is going to pre- produce on the video this coming Monday, and we hope to post it on YouTube. So you guys got to go to our YouTube channel and see what we can uh, show you there for the review of the before and the after, because it just got installed yesterday. Yeah. So we're going down to do the final inspection on Monday and the final video. So that was an exciting project. The Franklin car People don't know about the Franklin, but there were dozens of car companies, maybe hundreds. Yeah. The Franklins were made round about where I lived in upstate New York. Cool. And I remember when I was a kid seeing a piece of property with Franklin, you know, the old sign, the stucco had fallen off, and there it was, Franklin. And I asked my dad, we made cars here? Yeah. They had wood frames. <laughs> exactly. It was <laughs> a wood right. frame. It was wood all oak. frame. Yeah. It's an oak frame. Correct. Unbelievable, and the seat you know seat was uh, black leather upholstery, and the the frame of the seat was some iron and some wood. Now, so how we long? Did a lot. How long did that project take? Oh, you? It took months. It I was bet. like nine months long. <laughs> I bet. And then he's still working on the engine. You know, has an aluminum oh, wow. block, so he's wow. working on the engine, and they're going to put that back together, and then we'll be making a video of that too. Yeah, of I cannot wait to see yeah. that. So hey, are we cool. on Facebook Live now? Is that yes. what I've been told? That's right. Mm-hmm. Cass is shaking her head. She says, "No, we're not." <laughs> We'll work it out. We're we'll just work receiving it out. pictures on Facebook. But we're just okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Call us up nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Anything from a trinket that your grandma had, or a piece of furniture that's been passed down, or something that you think just got ruined. It's maybe not ruined, right? And these guys can help you out with it. Uh, first thing, call us nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. We've got Bernard Mumford of Mumford Restoration, Spencer Mayton, uh, who is in the furniture restoration end of Mumford Restoration, and, of course, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier on making your home great. Thinking of painting the exterior of your home? Finch Quality Painting should be your first call. Finch Painting did a great job painting our whole house. We needed it to look new to sell, and everything was done with great detail, professional service, and a great price. Finch Quality Painting also specializes in painting interiors, removing popcorn ceilings, making your cabinets look new, and epoxy garage floors. Get a free estimate. FinchPainting.com. 919-609-7759. FinchPainting.com. The name you can trust. Hi, this is Holly at RoofWorks. There's one thing you need to know before choosing a contractor. When it comes to your roof, it's not about the promises they make. It's about what they deliver. It takes an awesome team to win, so don't ever settle for good when you can get great. This is your biggest investment, so go with a company you know you can trust. We don't want to be the biggest. We just want to be the best. So call us at RoofWorks today at 919-852-2660 or visit us at RoofWorks.com. That's Roof, W-E-R-K-S dot com. 
Do you have a restoration project that's beyond your abilities? Have you inherited an antique, piano, furniture, gun? Mumford Restoration can get you out of sentimental Neverland. You know, the I'll eventually restore that, then life gets in the way place. Mumford Restoration specializes in repairing, restoring, and getting those sentimental items back to their original state. Mumford Restoration provides in-home evaluations of your precious pieces. Call to schedule yours today, 919-510-6310, or visit MumfordRestoration.com. Working miracles to restore your family memories. Now, we've all been locked up staring at our homes and discovering work that needs to be done. Rick Martinez here. Donna and I have brick, concrete, and decking that needs to be sealed year after year, and that's how I discovered Everseal. Their patented process allows for a one-time application for 25 years, and they put that in writing. Everseal is a patented process that gets deep into the fibers of the wood and penetrates the outer layer of masonry and concrete while at the same time restoring it. Everseal also protects against cracking, flaking, dusting and pitting if you're thinking about protecting exterior wood or concrete make everseal.com your first call you will never have to think about sealing the deck driveway or masonry ever again everseal strengthens wood by 25 percent and slows down mold mildew and fungus give everseal a call at 1-844-EVER-USA that's 1-844-383-7872 or visit them online at everseal.com seal.com making your home great fm 98.5 and am 680 wptf news talk traffic and furniture today talk me out of it guys got grandma's old sofa she didn't call it a sofa she had some old word for it is a davenport davenport that's yeah. right the davenport yeah. well the davenport seen better days yeah a little bit of water stains and the upholstery is, you know, and, and by the way, it sags. Grandpa could never sit up w- without help because he, he, he'd slide into this thing. And, you know, the Davenport is just about ready for the curb. Yes? Yeah. Well, no? Well, the thing is, it's hard to spend money on something than when you feel like it's never going to be comfortable. You know, so you have to be able to decide, all right, I'm going to be able to use this thing, which is one of our common questions. Yeah. I know it's inherited, it's old-time quality, it's right. got the emotional connection, it's got all of these items about it, but you want to make sure, hey, we're going to actually sit on this thing and we can use it. Yeah. And so that, uh, otherwise, it's just like they used to have the sitting room where you would put that in the sitting room and everybody yeah. admires and talks about it, but nobody's ever allowed to sit down. Right, which is one of those things that happens in families. And we typically ask the people right off the bat, why invest in restoring this versus replacing it? You know, and typically the answer we get is, it belonged to my grandma. Yeah. And when we're restoring furniture, we're not really looking to give you a place to sit. We're trying to preserve family history. And this might be the only piece you have or the only thing you have that reminds you of grandma. And so you really want to make sure that you take it to a company that you can trust that has the experience because if it goes poorly, there goes the memories of grandma. Well, I want to be able to sit on it. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing, it's a Davenport. Now, now I know that word I'm going to use. It. <laughs> it's a Davenport. Um, I, you're going to restore it to the point where it is just, what, as it was? Yes, sure. as it was original. That's what we shoot for. So we can replace the casters. We can find a fabric that everybody loves. We can do the wood. We can, in fact, uh, some of the old Davenports folded out into a single bed. 
Do you remember that, where the seat actually folded really? forward? And that's a, truly a Davenport. And we've replaced all of that mattress material so that it can be used again like that. And it has a pivot that swings out with the hinge. And, you know, we've done that uh, many times. So it's a, it's a really cool project. But, see, it's not just furniture. What, what impresses me about you guys is, is the things that, that you're able to, to restore. I mean, silver, brass, mm-hmm. furniture, wicker. Yeah. You're telling me you can restore wicker. Right. Sure. One of our technicians yeah. can reweave. You know when the when the wicker starts to get old and, and, and the squirrels came and ate on it or whatever? You yeah. can replace that weaving and then we can refinish it. And so a lot of times, you know, this older wicker from the turn of the century to the thirties is really worth keeping. It mm-hmm. has, you know, very, very well made wicker. That when you reweave, you still got structural solidarity and everything is good. And we can uh, we can custom make uh, new cushions, right? So we can right. make it a more comfortable piece than it was. We can customize it to fit their space if they've moved to a new space. It's pretty much we find out what their needs are and we meet their needs. Right. So tell us more, Spencer, about who is our customer and what do they usually have? I would say that our customer is somebody that has typically inherited some furniture recently and maybe they don't know what to do. They don't know if it's worth it or not. And so we kind of come in and kind of talk to them and, you know, find out the story behind it. And why are you restoring this versus going out and buying new furniture? And we consult with them and you know, usually it's got a it's got a really good story, and again, it's about preserving family history. and And the reality is that the older the piece of furniture is, typically the better it's built. Speaking very generally, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be better than anything you can buy nowadays, unless you buy very high end furniture. So we can it, make it better than it, they've probably ever seen it in their lives if it's something they've inherited. If my furniture was put together with a with a free Allen wrench. <laughs> <laughs> we probably can't help with that. You, I can't? I would send you back to wherever you bought it from. No, no it's, what's funny is that I have a little twinge in my right hand right now from the pain of twisting yeah. a small free Allen wrench mm. yes. Okay, mm. from, from Ikea or whatever. Right. We're talking about 100-year-old furniture, even 70-year-old furniture that was made with quality. Correct. Yeah, well, right up to the 70s, we had really good furniture being made. Even the 80s. I'd say in the 80s, maybe even early 90s. um, It's probably around 2000-ish where stuff stopped getting made with quality and started getting made overseas and mass-produced, and the quality started kind of going downhill. And particularly sofa frames. Oh, yes. Really? You know, in North Carolina, they've been building a hardwood frame, you know, basswood, uh, oak, you know, really good furniture. frame for a sofa yeah and then about 2002 man they went downhill and Plywood, that frame's not worth 50 bucks. particle board i've, I've yeah. had to assemble some of the furniture they're referring to and i can attest that no it is not made with high quality well i can yeah. tell you right now i busted some of the furniture <laughs> that's not made with quality if you sit in a in a piece of furniture and you hear an odd squeak or if you're a tapper a toe tapper and it's squeaking like like nuts well Maybe it wasn't built well. Maybe it wasn't built well. That's right. We're going to talk about any area of restoration you want to talk about, including pianos and instruments, um, furniture. I want to raise the question of veneer in the next segment because you're telling me a lot of the furniture that people think they've got solid wood is 
is actually veneer. Right, and veneer can be a very high-quality uh, product. It's just a matter of how well, you know, what's the level of quality that was attributed to that piece or that company. Uh, and so a veneer top table makes the grain match up and makes it look exactly right. And the substrate's what's important, you know, how how solid is it and how well is it made in order to be veneered and finished properly? Mm-hmm. And so, you're not encouraging me to go out with a sander from Black & Decker <laughs> and go to town. Well, we don't encourage you to do anything. You don't do it. Thank you. Please don't. <laughs> well, it, it's not, an old story. Maybe but, an Allen wrench, but that's yeah, it. Thank okay. you. That's thank my you. speech, too. You're listening to Making Your Home Great on WPTF. Have a question about your home project? Call now, 919-860-9783. And coming up next week, Joe Oliveira, an HVAC expert from Streamline Services. I know that Brock's just going to talk shop with him all the time. I'm not even showing up next week. And Mike and Sue Pale of the Closet Factory, whose help I need, uh, coming up. This week, this show, Bernard Mumford, and Spencer Maton from Mumford Restoration. We're talking about furniture mostly, but you do all sorts of things. Yeah. So let me tell you about my old nickname. Yeah. My old nickname was Mayonnaise Mumford. And <laughs> oh, now I have a new nickname. My yeah. new nickname is the Furniture Nerd. But the reason <laughs> I had the Mayonnaise Mumford is because we've had a couple of questions today, actually, on Facebook yeah. about how do you get a white ring out of the top of your table? Yep. And this is a very common problem. You might have put a pizza box or you left a water glass or yeah. something happened to the top. So now the reason I have the nickname is because you can actually use real mayonnaise. And, you know, the kind that has eggs in it, not the, uh, you know, not some of the whips or whatever. But mm. if you put a pretty good uh, layer of mayonnaise on the white ring, right. uh, the emulsion in the eggs in the mayonnaise will sometimes pull that moisture out of the finish. Is that right? So you'll end up with, you know, until so you rub it, you leave it there for half an hour, you rub it a little bit more, and you kind of are, you know, not pushing real hard, but you're gently moving that spot. And sometimes that white ring will release. Now, there's a lot of how old is the finish, you know, they, right, of that course. kind of thing. But uh, it really does work. And Dukes. so then when that doesn't work, you call <laughs> yeah. us and we'll come out with a product called Amalgamator. And yeah. Amalgamator is a solvent that does really emulsify the top pores of that finish. And it'll release that moisture. So one of our one of our folks on Facebook today said, well, I saw you take a white ring out in five minutes. How do you yeah. do that? Yeah. And so we, for the homeowner, you know, you can use mayonnaise. But if you can't get it out, let us know and we'll do, try to help. Does it matter whether it's Dukes or Hellman's? That's right. Not, <laughs> not Miracle Whip. Right. Not, not Miracle Whip. Not Miracle. I wouldn't put Miracle. Of course not. <laughs> North Carolina people, I wouldn't put Miracle Whip on or, and put Dukes on. All right. That's, so that's interesting. Some, but. Some of the other pieces we want to talk about, you know, um, we were talking about a silver lamp, you know, and we just had a customer come in on Thursday with two really old lamps, Mm -hmm. and we look at them immediately, and they think, oh, wow, they were gas lamps that were converted. Um, And then, unfortunately, this poor customer has tried three different companies all over the southeast to try to fix these lamps, and each one has made it worse. Mm -hmm. And so what we end up with is a lamp that's made out of brass, cast brass, but then it was uh, plated in silver, and they look horrible. I I just have to tell you that this company stripped the silver off. They tried to polish the silver and removed all the plating right from the brass. And then they tried to put some uh, coating on there, and then they broke the harp. (laughs) 
And so it is a mess. So mm-hmm. we have just submitted a quote for replating. So we're going to repair the harps. Yeah. And we're going to replace the sockets, rewiring, and then we're going to replate them. And so they will be beautiful. And then we wait 30 days for that plating to be become uh, off-gassing, as they say, mm-hmm. you know, for any spots to show up. We polish that, and then we lacquer it. And this is the important part. For, yeah. for your customers out there with brass and silver, when we get this polished, we can put a clear lacquer on it. It lasts about 15, 20 years, and you don't have to polish this anymore. Now, for some Yay. of the purists in the mm-hmm. world, they think, I want to polish this. But we like the idea of removing <laughs> that guilt. So when you walk past that brass bed or that that brass lamp, yeah. you think, I don't have to polish that because it has lacquer. I mean, that's huge. Who wow. wants to do maintenance? Yeah, and, and good luck passing that silver set down to your kids. Here you yeah. go. Have fun polishing every four months. That's, yeah, right, that's right. That's not going to happen. You remember the penance that a lot of grandmothers put their grandkids through was, hey, I want you to polish this silver with me for yeah, four right. hours. That's right. right? Yeah. And you thought that was the longest four hours of your life. So anyway, so yeah. now we can move on to talk about reupholstery. Spencer, why don't you talk about some... Yeah, so when we're reupholstering, one of the values that we kind of offer is we'll come out to the house, look at the piece, talk about what it needs, and also you can get the fabric through us. So we're kind of a one-stop shop. A lot of our customers um, are all about convenience, and Mm. they would just like us to come out, talk to them about the furniture, uh, bring the fabric, and it's just kind of a one-stop shop because maybe they don't want to spend Saturday at a local fabric shop. They want to have me walk out the door, and they don't have to lift a finger. So wow. a lot of times we're about convenience, too, and so the fabric's kind of an added value. Yeah. Um, but we can put new foam in. You know, We can refinish the wood. We can put new um, uh, uh, strapping on underneath webbing. the webbing mm-hmm. um, and pretty much make it brand new. Do and, you ever yeah. get into the conversation <clears throat> with a customer who maybe doesn't want a full restoration but in fact, likes the weathered look of it. Yeah. I can I can imagine that that you have to make a choice, don't you? Those, yeah, those well, are the same is, same customers that like rat rods, those rat vintage, yeah. you know, the vintage <laughs> yes. cars, or they the like, rat bikes. That's right. They yeah, like sure. the old vintage look to it, but they want to keep it maintained that's that way right. so it doesn't get worse. Well, that's what we call preservation. And so, you know, you have preservation, and then the top level is conservation, where you're, so you have preservation or a repair only preservation, right. and then uh, restoration, and then conservation. Right. Conservation is where you're making it look as it did originally. And we have different yeah. levels of service for all our products that we do right. because it's not a one size fits all. Some people may just have repairs. Some people may want just upholstery. Some people just upholstery and foam. And then some people want the wood refinished and they want the works. Yeah. Right. So it's really going in and finding out what the customer wants and listening to them. And then we create a proposal based on their needs. It's not what we want to do. Right. Because people say, what should I do? And I'm like, it's what you want. What do you want? What's your goals? Tell me your goals and I'll create a proposal and we'll meet your goals. So yeah. we can go from... Just put fabric on to the works. It depends what you want. So we have these four levels of service, bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. And what we try to do is to choose the right level so that we end up maintaining or increasing the value of the piece we're working on. And so that's where preservation comes in or conservation. Right. And so we try to take what the customer wants to do for keeping long term for the preservation of it, and we try to apply the right process so the value is kept. Right. Or the value has increased. And this is where, well, you know, our main goal. A lot of people think that they can go ahead and do it 
themselves. A couple of minutes ago, I was joking about, you know, the Black & Decker uh, sanding, you know, Oh, that was a joke? It was a joke. I'm not t- <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm not touching it. The, the last thing I last thing I came close to was a Hoosier cabinet. Oh, yeah. Okay? Mm, yeah. We had a, and it, as it was, there was nothing physically wrong with it. We didn't have – all we had to do was sand a little bit down, and then we painted the – Painted the whole thing. But if I had anything that was slightly technical, like a piece of furniture I suspected was veneer, Mm -hmm. actually a piece of furniture, I'd go to you guys. Sure. Sure. Um, Well, veneer is a great topic. It really is. It is something where the the stability of the tabletop can be really maintained by putting a great substrate and then a really high-quality veneer. And Thomas Day is a great example of this. He was an expert uh, North Carolina craftsman, you know, 1825 to 1850. And, mm-hmm. and he used the most economy because when he was in the opposite predicament that we are is that his materials were the highest cost and labor was very inexpensive. So he had to reverse. So what he did was build it all out of yellow pine that was carefully dried right. and then veneer it with the best crotch mahogany that they hand cut. And so that made the whole front of the piece look beautiful and then the sides they would just try to match up without veneering it. And so that was a, a very expedient and, and, and serious craftsmanship to to make a veneer piece. And veneer is a thin, thin layer of wood. Right. Over the centuries, it's become thinner. So it was Has something it? where they hand cut it. You know, it was eighth of an inch thick is what they could do. And then they got better at that I, with better saws, steam saws. And then they would go to, you know, 330 seconds. And then they get down to 16th. And now, man, they're, they're using like paper thin veneer. And that's a low-quality product, absolutely, you know, where anything that hits it, it's, you know, there's not really any wood there. It's just yeah, paper. well, if you take the sander to that, you'll know that you've purchased it. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. you know, you'll know that you need to pick up the phone and, and right. call Bernard, Bernard Mumford of Mumford Restoration. So we have one story about that is that yeah. we received a, uh, a top piece to a, a piece of furniture. You know, we thought it was wood. We put it into the uh, flow tray stripping, and when we came back, it was not there anymore. Oh, no. So it was resin, and it just went to – blipped into oblivion. It just disappeared? It yeah, it was. It melted. And this was a customer's. This was a customer's. So I would, we had to explain. I would have loved to have heard, uh, heard, yeah. that, heard that explanation. Well, we've yeah. had some failures, Brock. That's for sure. <laughs> I tell you that. Well, I, I want somebody who's been doing this for a while so that he's made whatever mistakes he was going to make in his life That's right. with the other guys. Lesson right. learned. <laughs> well, it's the, my favorite quote lately is, I've run out of things to fail at. Yeah, good so, for <laughs> Talk about clocks. You get some uh, yeah. people who can take a clock that's not ticked in a hundred years. Yeah, well, bring we, it back. We just received the most beautiful clock I've seen in ages. It is a hundred and four inches tall. Mm-hmm. It is uh, made in England. It has the beautiful inlaid maple seashell that was an English, uh, you know, a very predictable English signal. Yeah, uh, symbol. And it is huge. It's so deep. It's about 24 inches deep. The hood of this clock is fantastic. And the, and the face and the mechanism. Yeah. And we're doing a full restoration of this grandfather clock. Wow. Uh, it was originally appraised for about $25,000. Uh, it has, you know, just a beautiful glass and then the face. And so it's in the midst now. 
right now in the shop it has been stripped and repaired and it is being reconstructed for the repairs you know the hinges that are broken the veneer that's been loose yeah and uh it's going to be a tremendous result so we'll also be, be producing a video of that on youtube as well yeah we actually have to cut the feet off because okay. it doesn't fit in her living room. She just yeah. inherited it wow. uh, from her father. Got it shipped all the way from California. I think it's from 1775 it is. is what it was dated. But she got it yeah. shipped all the way from California. And she says, I'm going to have to take the feet off. So she was very particular. She's wow. like, I want you to take the feet off and I want you to label each foot front left, front right. Yeah. Because yeah. if she ever moves, she wants to put it back on. But, yeah, yeah we don't want to lose any history. That's kind of what – that's our that's our niche. And, and then we have a great technician yeah. for doing the technical work. He right. does the ultrasonic cleaning, which uh, most customers are familiar with, you know, for jewelry, you know, yeah. ultrasonic cleaning. So he takes the entire mechanism and does an ultrasonic cleaning, and then he takes off the bushings that would be affected by the ultrasonic and replaces the bushings, and then usually they start running again right there. So where see, would you find bushings for that? Well, you have to make it. I bet. Yeah, you <laughs> have to make it. Exactly. Not something you can get at Home Depot, That's right? right? Uh-huh. That's right. And, and when you're finished with the workings of the clock, will it be like factory? Yeah, we try to get as close as we can, you know, because this was such a well-made piece that we're going to be maintaining its value. I think oh, yeah. anybody would be willing to pay for that. and and But that's not really the issue because she's going to keep that for the next five oh, yeah. generations. That's right. That's yeah. right. But when and, you and look it, inside, it yeah. looks like day one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we just want it to last a really long time. We're kind of exactly. in a long-term results business. That's right. That's what we tell people. Exactly. We're in, the, we're in a long-term like results it. business. So I like that. If that's we're right. restoring your furniture, we expect that you're going to keep it for the rest of your life and pass it down to your kids. And if that's not the goal, then right. – um, we, you know, you may not be that concerned about the quality, but we are. Well, I don't mind telling you, I'm going out antiquing uh, Monday if I can find someplace that's open. And I am going to buy a clock. Okay. <laughs> okay. And you guys are going to get it. Either that or I'm going to tear apart my garage still and try to find the ugly lamp that I talked about the first <laughs> time you were on. Okay. I have an ugly brass lamp, which. I'm going to torture my wife with. I'm going to actually have them polish it up, make it look great. Very good. You know, it's it lost an arm, but we've got the arm. I'm going to torture my wife with it because it's a, it's it's a, she's wearing a flowing sort of toga. You know, yeah. she's it's like Lady Liberty holding a torch. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh boy. It is either the most beautiful lamp or the ugliest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Depends on which Alexander you ask. Mm. All right, gentlemen. Making Your Home Great is on right now, and for the next couple of minutes, call us up. We've got Bernard and Spencer from Mumford Restoration. Uh, we are on Facebook Live now by way of the uh, Mumford Restoration page. Joe Oliveira, an HVAC expert, next week from Streamline Services, and Mike and Sue Pale of the Closet Factory. Uh, uh, we've got still some time for you to call in and ask about your precious heirloom that might need a little tweaking or a full resto. 919-860-9783 on Making Your Home Great. This is Making Your Home Great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF had a caller uh, in the in the commercial break. Not want to stay on, but it's Barbara wants to talk about a piano. 
Um, but of course, she didn't stay. Barbara, I wish you'd stayed. It's so easy to be on the radio here. Um, but you do pianos. Yeah, we do. In fact, uh, a lot of folks don't realize that a player piano, you know, an older turn-of-the-century player piano is often something that's very sentimental to folks. And they've been passed down, and it comes with a legend. It was moved, you know, from to Philadelphia. It was moved to, you know, and then it yes. becomes something that's very a prized possession of the family. And we actually have a technician who can rebuild the player. So we can do the whole piano case. We can wow. do the technical. We can restring it. And, you know, it's like we've been talking about. We often get the credits, Spencer and I, for these great craftsmen we have in the shop. And these are guys that really understand the technical work and the yeah. ability to get this player working. Uh, you know, it's the hoses, it's the bellows, it's the action, it's the, how much air can you pump, is it the pump kind, you know, and so uh, this is a really fun project for us to do. It takes a long time. Mm-hmm. I bet it would. It does. So right now, I think we have, what, six or eight pianos in the shop, and uh, we have a player um, that we just finished recently, but one of the ones we're working on now is just an upright that needs to be restrung and the action rebuilt and new hammers and new dampers and, and new bridle straps, and this is all the, you know, the link go of piano work bridle straps right, bridle straps. <laughs> i had to learn it too exactly oh my gosh it's a little strap and it has a very significant um, purpose for the playing action you know when you're pushing pushing the key it's a word you say at a party and everybody's quiet at that moment <laughs> it's a conversation it's a conversation starter barbara's, yeah. barbara's on the line i i got her to oh very good she called in. back hey barbara how you doing uh i'm doing fine thanks talk uh, to me about your piano no, it's not my piano. Oh. Um, I'm Spencer's mom. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mom. Hi. He was telling me about a piano that came from Mexico, and it had a long oh, story Oh, yes. Yeah. So I thought maybe that might be interesting to share. Yeah, we can talk about that. Bernard, well, Bernard thank you, a, Spencer's mom, for yeah. coming in. That is so can, cool. I'm so we excited all, I was here for this. Can we all say hi, Mom, at the same time? <laughs> One, two, three. Hi, hi Mom. Mom. Okay. Hi, guys. <laughs> oh, that's a great trigger for that story. So what we have is a Kanabi nine-foot grand. <laughs> And it was purchased by a very prominent Latin family in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, It was built in Baltimore, Maryland in 1885. Wow. Uh, And so then it was restored by somebody uh, who was a very professional. I don't actually know who did the first restoration, but it was a very, very well done restoration, full on. Yeah. So we get it down to Mexico City, and they say, well, we're going to ship it to Greensboro. So and this is how I got involved. So it gets shipped to Greensboro by the worst moving company in history. Yeah, I could see that coming. Yeah. So oh. it had a terrible driveway. It had a very bad into the house with right. the steps. Right. They destroyed this piano. Oh. And then uh, the secondary issue was is that the restoration was well, but they had it directly in the sun in Mexico. And so the sun faded the crap out of the of the rosewood veneer. This yeah. is full uh, Brazilian rosewood it's piano. Striking. 1885. Uh, $75,000 to $100,000 value. And so, oh, wow. and the guys who brought that into the house 
destroyed it. It took off a lot of the relief work down the side. They lost five of the items that go to the piano, the pedal iron rods, the you know, all the lingo for what they lost. So we had to do a full restoration. It was like a $30,000 restoration oh, on a no. piano that was worth a hundred. And this was quite a dramatic thing. And it took them a long time to, to realize, well, w- there's no other choice but to move it. And we had to have what the six guys, oh. we have a piano moving guy that is uh, re- connected with us. He has 10 sons. So he's the guy to That's move That's why a piano. he's a uh, piano yeah. mover. And so right. he moved that piano out of the house flawlessly. And he put it back. It was close. terrifying to watch. It was terrifying that to watch. Piano it was, was Spencer and I were there to watch. I had to leave the room. Yeah. I couldn't watch. So this was quite a project. And it's also a YouTube video. Please go to see the 1885 Kanabi. Because I think on we put YouTube. 11 coats of lacquer on that, didn't oh, we? Oh, indeed. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it was a really quite a project. Well, last but not least, okay, not, not all of our listening base has. 150-year-old furniture or 200-year-old pianos, but I think what we all can kind of relate to, one of the most intriguing things on on the list of items that you guys are able to restore, uh, for me, is is artwork, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, when I say artwork, a lot of people are probably thinking paintings or or very expensive pieces. I'm talking about the photo of my great grandfather that's hanging in the the hallway. That it's a 75 year old photo. It's dilapidated, sure. and falling apart. Is that is that something that's going to be lost forever? Or are you able to actually restore? Well, there's a couple of ways to treat that, Brock. The the first way that we usually do is to do a digital pixel by pixel restoration. So we do a the highest end scanned uh, of that piece. And we do a pixel-by-pixel restoration of where the color has been lost. And as we do that, we do, you know, like 100 pixels at a time and get those corrected. Then he works. And this is a technician. Again, we get the credit for this great work. But they are able to put that back. And then what you do is you put your original into a, a, uh, how do you say, acid-free storage box. And you use that copy to show and give to your siblings because we've made a digital copy and it comes on a CD. So you can print as many as you'd like that have been restored. That's incredible. Then there's the original, which we can treat and clean and try to deacidify, put it with the right backing, and then you can hang the original as well if you prefer. So there's a couple of ways to look at it. Again, we're trying to meet the needs of what the the customer really wants to do. Give them options. Yeah. So this is photograph restoration is a cool process, and it can be quite a remarkable uh, result. How about paintings? Yeah, so we just had a um, hurricane-damaged painting come in from a gentleman from the southern southern part of the state, and the hurricane um, made really bad water damage. The paint, the oil painting on the canvas was flaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a picture of his great-grandfather. It was over the fireplace. The water came in down the fireplace where the flashing wasn't right, that good. Right. And so we ended up uh, restoring that piece by... Um, Removing the flaking by in painting and recreating what was there with color matching and then revarnishing, and he was thrilled. That is also a video on our YouTube channel. Yeah, you're going to go to mumfordrestoration.com for these videos and the options and the uh, the items that they work on it to as you said it's what 30 different categories that's correct they they our listeners should go just for the before and after photos if you want to know what these guys are capable of doing you really need to see these before and after photos yeah, yeah very good uh, Bernard Mumford of Mumford Restoration here in studio and Spencer Maton 
from Mumford Restoration. Cass, thank you for making us on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brock Emmons, of course, from Triangle Radiant Barrier. If you have any insulation or or radiant barrier questions or water in the crawl space, Brock's the guy. You got to call him. Triangle Radiant Barrier, and that's 919-986-8808. Yes, sir. Very good. How do we get in touch with you other than the website? Well, you can call us, 919-510-6310. And Cass is who we call our first impression officer. Good. So she is the one who answers the phone and will get you directed in the right path. So please call us. And this is Making Your Home Great.